More problems for Kentucky's unemployment system are coming to light, and it could affect employees who never even lost their job during the pandemic. We'll talk about what's happening next on the Access Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Shay Van Hoy. Hey there. Sarah Shadburn. Hey. And Marty Finley. How's it going? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news and plenty of sharp opinions on what's happening in Louisville, Kentucky. And what's happening in Frankfort, Kentucky this week, because uh, that's uh, that's the big story this week was this uh, first, there's been this ongoing problem with, uh, with unemployment since the pandemic began. And we'll talk to Sarah about that in a minute. But the more like emergent thing that happened this week was there was a data breach, right, Marty? So uh, what's going on? What or what happened? Yeah, so apparently there has been a all out assault on UI systems around uh, the U.S. in recent weeks, uh, Colorado, Kansas, several other uh, states have seen severe data breaches. Um, Kentucky has also had a data breach of its own, um, and they're saying these are cyber criminals. A lot of them are based out of the uh, based overseas. We don't know where. Mm-hmm. We don't know how many are doing this, uh, but they basically have these kind of schemes where they attempt to hack into accounts, existing accounts of. Uh, unemployment claimants, and then they change all their data, uh, you know, steal their pens, you know, so they can, uh, you so know, can potentially money, I guess. yeah, hijack the money and steal the money, kind of divert it to their uh, bank accounts instead of yours. So um, this has gotten apparently so bad that the um, Kentucky has actually it's closed now as of yet, as of midnight uh, Friday, they shut down the system for four days so they could, you know, uh, put in some new controls and, um, you know, sort of make sure that uh, the breaches are are contained. Uh, there's no evidence that anyone's money was stolen or, you know, sensitive bank account data, but they know that there was attempts mm-hmm. um, because, like I said, they're going in, they're trying to guess your pen, and then they can change it, and then they can manipulate everything. Uh, one thing that came out yesterday, uh, and I guess this is just the PSA, and we hear this all the time when it comes to internet security, is, is don't create super simple pens they said thousands of people's pen was one two three four yeah <laughs> uh, thousands more was one 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 and then a lot of people use 2020 so all of those are easy to guess so please don't do that come up with something that's only you would know some kind of uh number pattern so that's mm-hmm. my mini psa for today and that was also what they were the saying more you know. is. but you uh, try to make your pen as complicated as possible of course now they're going to have to require an eight digit pen so with that, you'll have to be a little bit more creative. Yeah. I guess you can do one, three, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, but please don't do that. <laughs> uh, eight, nine, seven, ass- six, five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> but I think they're assigning you an actual, a special pen that they've come up with. So um, the system will remain up, the internal system. What's shut down is the public facing system. So you won't be able to, you know, request your benefits. Uh, you won't be able to file a claim until this goes back up. Expect to go back up Tuesday morning. So it's going to be a temporary thing, but. You know, they said they have to do this or people's money will get stolen. That's yeah. pretty much what uh, the governor said yesterday. So pretty scary stuff. Uh, and for a system, it's already had plenty of challenges with 
you know, getting claims processed over the last uh, year. So it's just another, <laughs> just another headache to keep on the pile, I guess, for people. Yeah. It's like one more thing. Uh, did they say why four days was the, the idea? Is that just how long they think that? No, I guess maybe they, they've just, you know, talked internally. Uh, maybe that's how long the analysis slash uh, system upgrades will take. Uh, they didn't really give an indication on why, but, you know, they did say we're trying to get it back up as soon as we can. We know people need their money. And, uh, and also, if you need to file a claim during this four-day period, it will be backdated, so you won't lose any money. And you also, if you didn't get to request benefits, because you usually have to do that every time to get the next payment, uh, you can also get that done. You won't lose any money. So yeah. that's one thing they were saying yesterday. It's like one more problem for the uh, Kentucky unemployment system, which and has it, had... It, well, go on. Yeah, if you're wondering if, uh, you know, what's driving this, it's all the federal money that's going into uh, the CARES Act money, some other funding that to extend UI benefits, mm-hmm. you know, they, it's just dollar signs for some of these cyber, cyber attackers. So mm-hmm. um, they're trying to take advantage of it uh, as much as they can. Yeah. And I bet some of these state systems are, um, you know, pretty old. So uh, does it seem like data breaches? It's just every week now there's a new data breach. I mean, have you guys noticed that? Definitely. I've just, when I was working on my unemployment insurance fraud story, uh, I, I just Googled big name data, data breach from 2020. And, uh, cause you know, you never want to single out just one when yeah. you're writing about it. And I found this website and it just had almost like every day of last year. It, it had one for, it had multiple for every month. It was like, here's who lost, <laughs> here's yeah. who's breed, data was breached here. X many thousand people, their information was gone. And a lot of them too, they were saying an unknown amount of people's data. I know. Yeah. And like, those are just the ones we hear about. There's probably lots of little small ones we don't hear about. Uh, But, you know, I was like, I get email notifications all the time. You were part of, you know, such and such retailers data breach. Um, You know, here's what you should do about it. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, you know, just trying it's like a whack-a-mole game, just trying to lock down all these different services that uh, you might be a part of. So, God, get it together, people. I'm killing this podcast thing. You got to kill the security thing. So. <laughs> it's not as much fun as when you used to get, uh, I haven't gotten one in a while, where you get like a letter that you're like somehow part of this class action lawsuit that you didn't know you were a part of and you get like a check for $21 or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I was a part of one of those. I think the iPod battery that didn't last long enough. <laughs> yeah. Like you bought Clorox 32 years ago. So here's $11. $12. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like the reverse of that. It's like the opposite yep. of that because that, you know, was fun and <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, so Sarah, you were writing about another unemployment problem. Um, um, that uh, accountants say might affect a lot of people in the long run, even if you never lost your job. So what? tell us about that one. Yeah, so it was kind of funny timing. I was working on this unemployment insurance fraud story, and then it published, and then the, the pause happened on the, the system itself. But um, it's, it's from what I've heard from the accountants that I've spoken with, they've been fielding clients who have received letters uh, that someone has made an unemployment insurance claim in their name. Uh, and of course, that's really uh, concerning because you can 
take the step that you need to, uh, you know, contact the unemployment insurance office first and foremost, of course, but you can still take that step and, and get the ball rolling on how um, to fix that. But meanwhile, the federal government has still recorded that you have drawn unemployment and you haven't. So yeah. uh, one of my sources was saying it's it's not going to be a problem today if someone used your info, but it'll become a problem in like two years when the IRS is going back and matching everything up. Uh, and they're going to send you a balance due notification, which is just <clears throat> ominous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's weird. And, and it, it's impacting employers as well because um, people are drawing against their unemployment pool. And yeah, so they have to pay into that. And I yeah. Guess that. And, and if they draw so much out of it, their rate goes up and they have to pay more into the pool. And especially after the last year that we've had with uh, business disruption, you never know how much paying more into that might mm-hmm. uh, impact someone. Yeah. Uh, I can attest to this because this happened to me in, uh, a few months ago uh, where somebody tried to get unemployment insurance in my name. And fortunately, Business First is a small company and the person who would have to approve that would be like, no, that guy still works here. He's not unemployed. <laughs> so, But I could see in a big company, you know, you don't know every employee. So you, a, a claim might get approved by your uh, by someone in your office, because that person just doesn't know if that, you know, whoever, yeah. uh, so-and-so still works there. So, um, you know, I guess what's the recommendation if people uh, do get uh, get caught up in this? Definitely uh, talking to the Office of Unemployment Insurance is first and foremost what you need to do. The Kentucky Career Center has launched a new fraud form as well, which is supposed to make the whole thing easier. Um that's really the recommendation uh, that I've heard. Um, the, and I think also talking to an accountant just to get a little bit of, if you have one, just to get a little bit of uh, peace of mind, I think, because it, it seems like something that's maybe not as fast or easy to resolve, but if you can talk to someone about it, I think that can kind of help uh, alleviate the stress there yeah. while the claim is being processed, you know? Yeah. Um, and in my case, I ended up, uh, just contacting, like you said, contacting the state and I Googled it and the feds have, uh, have a whole website devoted to it because it's been such a big problem throughout the pandemic. So they had like a step-by-step guide to do. And, uh, the state was a little slow getting back to me, it took a couple of days. Uh, but, uh, they did get back to me and said, okay, we got it. And we, you know, nobody's paying any claims in your name. I said, good. Uh, I've also heard, uh, another report, uh, I can't remember who did it. It might've been WDRB, uh, said that, you know, if you legitimately lose your job, you know, and then you go to file and someone has frauded in your name, then you can't get like, then they're like, no, we're already paying you benefits. We're not paying you more. Uh, so it's like even more, you know, uh, difficulties with this. Um, And that's just in addition to the fact that since the pandemic started, Kentucky Unemployment Office has, you know, been totally overwhelmed and people Mm -hmm. have had a hard time getting benefits this whole time. So uh, it's just like, you know, wow, what a what a system that, you know, has has that we have to deal with here, you know, and it's taken so many punches over the last year. So, yeah, hopefully this latest thing can get straightened out. And the one thing that one of the accountants I was talking to is saying is kind of uh, some of this data that's getting breached is really old data too. And like the the computer systems at the Office of Unemployment and maybe at the IRS too, that might be a reach, but uh, 
they're outdated and they're old and it's mm-hmm. easy to break into older systems, especially, I feel like with work from home too, cyber attacks <laughs> have been on the rise because everyone's doing everything online mm-hmm. just about, and these systems are kind of old and they need, you know, some money to be invested into them and to, to strengthen this infrastructure so that we don't have to continually deal with right. fraud like this. I mean, <laughs> go on, should I interrupt somebody? They should, uh, they should, file for fraudulent unemployment to get money to upgrade the systems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get in on that fraud. I, I mean, go to any county office and I'm sorry if there's county employees listening, uh, but every county office I've ever been to kind of run down, kind of looks like yeah. it hadn't been updated since 1975. Like, uh, you know, I think so- that that computer system is, has also not been updated in a long time too. So they're running on Windows 98. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just, I don't know, it looks like there's cigarette smoke stains on the ceiling. It's like no one's smoked in here in years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still so, uh, still look like that because no one's updated it in years either. Uh, post office too. Like every time I go in there, I'm like, boy, someone invested the post office. <laughs> no commercial space would look like this. Right. Anyway, uh, moving on from that, I've got another topic for you today, uh, which this just happened today. Today is April 9th in our world. I don't know when you're listening to it, but uh, it's, uh, you know, a Friday after or a Friday morning here. And uh, we just got a story that the uh, the Courier Journal is selling its building downtown. Um, Marty, I guess uh, what's uh, what's the sale about? You just wrote, finished writing up this story, right? Yeah, so they are uh, listing their property. I have listed it today uh, with a cut with a broker out of Syracuse, New York. I think this broker works for a lot of Gannett properties, but uh, seventeen million dollar list price uh, for the property. That's pretty big um, mm-hmm. for any property downtown. Uh, but you know they've uh, recently shut down their printing press. I think it shut down officially in early March, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't need as much space. And also they've. Most of their staff, like a lot of other newsrooms, have been working remotely for the last year. So mm-hmm. I think like a lot of companies, they're reassessing their needs uh, and their space needs. And uh, that's a very big building. It's bigger than I realized. Uh, they said it was 660,000 square feet. I knew it was big. Yeah. And realized it was that big. Uh, it's yeah. eight stories. So, uh, you know, it does sound like they're looking to downsize, um, maybe modernize a little bit. That building is built in the 40s, 1947. Um, but they did indicate they'd like to remain downtown. So we may see them buying or uh, leasing something downtown. Of course, as we've talked about, there's plenty of office vacancy downtown. So yeah, true. I hope uh, they end up in our building so we can like give them dirty looks in the elevator and stuff. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> so, um, but I, you know, the story didn't know that any sale probably wouldn't close until early 2022. So uh, mm-hmm. it'll probably be a little while before we know who or what will be buying that and if they have any plans for it. Um, uh, the um, the broker mentioned in the uh, the CJ announcement that, um, you know, you could remove some of that space because, you know, there's not 660,000 square feet of usable space anymore. So, mm-hmm. you know, partially that building could be partially demolished or uh, something to that effect. So obviously very big building downtown, very iconic location. Um, so, yeah, it's it a bit of a surprise too. to me. Yep. So, um, it's huge. I guess you know. What do you guys think could go there, Shay? You got any ideas? Top golf. Top golf. (laughs) (laughs) I think Uh, that would be awesome to have top golf downtown. And then there'd be no residents to complain about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, the uh, 
the Broadway McDonald's will be angry about the lights. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, it's a massive space. Um, you, you almost wonder if it could get a totally different use. Like if you gut it and turn it into condos or like, since we just wrote about, you know, the, the real need for residents downtown, mm-hmm. um, you know, just give it a whole new, whole new feel. Um, because I, you know, I don't know a single, I don't know if a single user who that would be that would swoop in and, you know, unless it's something like, you know, if Kinder just expanded its headquarters recently. So you got to, yeah. you, you'd think that. And, and, and it's Kindred near Kindred. It's like. A right. And Kindred also thing. leases some space to other companies. So they've, you know, yeah. you don't figure they need any more room right now. Yeah. It's just interesting in the last couple of months that we've seen, you know, now the CJ up for sale and right across the street, the Brown brothers Cadillac property, mm-hmm. which takes up a pretty much a whole block is up for grabs as well. So there's just a, a lot of uh, a lot of empty uh, or not empty, but a lot of available property and buildings at fifth right around fifth and Broadway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, someone tweeted this morning that was like, "Oh, the building could become a new taco shop or a brewery." <laughs> like, yeah, it would those. be a huge brewery. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool too. To I've only ever been in the building once, but it had a real institutional feel to it. So mm-hmm. what if it could become like a school or something, or uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a community center? I don't know. I was gonna say it's. It, I was gonna make a similar point. The building. I haven't been all over it. I've just. Yeah. I think I, I was with you one time. We went in there for a, a, a SPJ event, and mm-hmm. it's just like small rooms long hallways like it's not like a real open space yeah. uh and like i said i hadn't been all over i've just been in there a couple times kind of on the uh, ground floor and stuff but um but it's yeah you're right it's very institutional so i don't know what you do with that and uh, maybe you can open it up I don't, I don't know how that works with load bearing walls and all that but <laughs> i'm sure someone does um <laughs> You know, what would be a fun project is to just get um, an architect on this show and just we could name buildings and say, this is what we want. And then what would that cost? And then they can like give us an estimate sometime. But what would this take? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do we make the CJ building this? Um, yeah, so I wanted to have some fun with this uh, a little bit. We've all worked in different newsrooms over the years and newsrooms are kind of similar to government buildings like they uh they kind of have that same like this is an old place kind of feel that that I've ever worked at uh so I just we'll start go kind of go around the corner you know how many newsrooms have you guys worked at and what have been the nicest um so I've worked in like six newsrooms and probably the nicest one is has been business first because it's not some old building from the 70s uh, we we lease our office space so we can move to nice modern spaces you know every once in a while and keep it up to date um second nice is the courier journal down or excuse me the uh kentucky <laughs> standard down in bardstown had a pretty nice building had had drywall and everything uh <laughs> so uh, that's uh you know the, and it's it was right on me uh kind of one of the main drags in bardstown and uh and so it was real nice and pretty. But uh, how about you, Shay? You've, you've been around a few newsrooms, right? Yeah. Well, first, I wanted to say that, like, you know, I know there's like I've seen react. The CJ obviously put out the story about their sale first. They broke the news, as you'd expect. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of people you know, who've worked there over the years who are you know, obviously sad about it. But I think if I was this is just me personally, if I was an employee there, uh, you know, have friends that work there, if I, I would be kind of 
looking forward to this because this very thing happened at the Indianapolis Star. They had this, you know, huge old building. They moved their press to a different place. Um, and then they didn't need that much space and they sold it. And, and it was, you know, kind of in, kind of institutional as well. Um, it was definitely nicer than like a lot of small town or small town newsrooms. But, you know, now they're at the top, the top floor of Circle Center Mall and they have this. I'm not, you know, I've seen pictures. It's this really nice space. And so I think the CJ staff could end up in a much nicer lease yeah. space than what they right. have now. With, you can get something modern. This is not right, the end of the world. Right. So. <laughs> um, as for me, I've been um, in, let's see, like five, same about, about the same as you, five newsrooms. Um, my first newsroom in Kokomo, actually, the building just burned down a couple months ago, and mm. I doubt they ever returned oh. to that. Um, yeah. It's downtown. And, and it was it was really pretty rough when I was there. But one of our other reporters, Haley, or one of our reporters, Haley, worked there, and they 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 had modernized it somewhat since I had left. But um, the the last job that David and I had before this was at the News and Tribune, and um, they have a really nice office in New Albany now because they moved into a lease space and sold their building. Uh, but the, the the building in Jeffersonville, as anyone who's worked in there knows, it is a it is a dungeon. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a warehouse. Um, no uh, windows. My, my office as an editor had no windows. I could not see the sun unless yeah. I left my, my office. Um, the press is still there, which that's cool. Cause you get to hear the press run at night, but, um, so easily the nicest is it, business first. I mean, it, it feels like a, it feels like a, um, company office, not really a newspaper office. And mm-hmm. anyone who's worked in newsrooms will know the difference, uh, especially print newsrooms. I should, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, separate the two. Some TV newsrooms are kind of high tech and nice, but, um, but yeah, I think I, I, I told our publisher, Lisa, that we were going to talk about this today on the podcast. I'm like, business first is like the Cadillac of, of it is like our office is like super nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marty, how about you? Yeah, I worked in four or five newsrooms as well, uh, including some, uh, community newsrooms. Um, my previous stop was in E-Town where they had their own press as well. Um, pretty big building, but it was really dark. As Shay was saying, like we had windows, but you couldn't see out of them because the desks were like shoved up against the windows. So you couldn't really like open the windows and see anything. And we were in a, the newsroom was in a spot where there wasn't really anything to see either. Uh, like you were just next to a road and there was like a, you know, like a convenience store or something next door. So, uh, you know, the, the, um, the location wasn't that interesting either. Um, yeah. So, Business first, I think, would definitely be the uh, the top one, and the view is much better in downtown Louisville than it was where I in my other newsrooms. Um, I'm also really impressed with our Charlotte headquarters. You know, that was sort of like uh, the ACBJ headquarters we went there a few years ago. Yeah, and it really looks really like stylish. they own the building. I'm not sure, but they do. I think. Yeah. So definitely the best newsroom movement. Like I said, the best view. Um, I did work in a downtown but it was a really small town in Eastern Kentucky. And I mean, it had some, some cool charm to it, but the building was really old and, you know, just sort of fits into that category that you see with most community newsrooms, you know, kind of drab yeah. and really dark, really yeah. dark, like not a lot of windows. I think the, <laughs> the editor's office there, the main editor's office was extremely depressing. It was like, it really felt like a box. You were just <laughs> sitting in a box. There was no windows. Everything looked like it was from the fifties and sixties. So it was just, you know, definitely glad to be somewhere with a lot of natural light now. When yeah. we get to go back to the office. Yeah. It's too bad that the editor wasn't a cat there. 
Uh, Sarah, you said you were in college and you got kicked out of your <laughs> news, uh, your newsroom got kicked out of its building, right? Yeah, I mean, despite being a younger reporter, I've technically worked in three newsrooms. Uh, I've just only gotten paid for my business first gig, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we had a really nice office when I was um, the editor-in-chief of my student paper, The Blue Banner. Uh, we had a this basement bunker office in uh, Carpen Hall and uh, like generations of banner uh, writers had, had worked in there. And we even had old light tables uh, that we oh, would cool. write on. Yeah, it was really <laughs> cool. Um, my supervisor, our like newspaper staff supervisor, he had been a, a writer there when he was in school. And so that was like back in the eighties. So who even knows how far uh, <laughs> that room uh, has history, but yeah, we, um, my senior year of college, they were shifting things in the mass communication department. And so they booted us out of the blue banner office uh, and moved us upstairs to the third floor, which those stairs, whew, going up them uh, <laughs> was tough. <laughs> and the uh, elevators were slow, but um, yeah, we had to move. Luckily, I didn't have to deal with that. But um, I also was an intern at WNC Magazine in downtown Asheville, and that was a really nice office. It yeah. was uh, a little bit smaller because the crew was small, but um, the editor-in-chief's office was really beautiful, like hardwood floors, really nice, big open windows. Like that was lovely. Uh, and she brought her dog to work every day, just about That's awesome. you know, an office dog. It's kind of hard for business first to compete with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, good. Well, at least we didn't all say the same office. So you've worked. Right. Like, yeah. But the yeah. office dog, that's, that's pretty cool. As well. Yeah, I will say I forgot to mention this. My before I moved back to Louisville or the Louisville area, my office in um, Springdale or Springdale, Arkansas. I lived in Fayetteville, work in Springdale was really unusual because it was a kind of a modern newsroom it was you know they they owned the building and built it like in the 90s this was in like 2005 and so it was one floor that's traditionally seems like you know newspapers are like multi-floor operations because they'd have the press separated but mm-hmm. uh it you know had a nice layout and nice break room and like it wasn't downtown either which is unusual it was kind of outside of town so like there was some green space outside you know, I, I want to talk about this time, like my first newspaper office. Uh, it was uh, the, in Carrollton, uh, Carrollton, Kentucky, and uh, we leased a bank fight, a uh, bank fault. And my editor's wow. office was in, in, or it was an old bank. And then the, my editor's office was in the vault, which I'm sure was terrible for their cell phone service. But, <laughs> uh, but um, I don't know. We'll probably just move this on because my internet connection is giving me the hard wrap up signal. So um, <laughs> I think that's all we got for you this week. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, share social media handles uh, just before we go here. Uh, Shay, why don't you start? Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, primarily on Twitter. It's my name at Shay Van Hoy, and then also post a lot of um, of our news content to LinkedIn page. How about you, Sarah? You can find me on LinkedIn uh, as Sarah Shadburn, my name, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at BF Lou Sarah. And Marty. Yeah, I'm um, most active on Twitter at BF Lou Marty, and I'm also on LinkedIn under my name. Okay. And you can find me on Twitter at dman3001. Also, uh, same name on Instagram, dman3001 and LinkedIn too. 
that's all we got for you. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular services like Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Marty, Sarah, and Shay. And thank you guys for listening to us at home. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. See y'all. <laughs>